the outsiders. We've been on this for, this is the seventh one. This is actually 7B. I never got finished last week, and um, we'll probably find out why today. But anyway, um, the outsiders is, is, those, is this, it's those people that, that want to really, um, they, they just never get full up of God. They just hunger for God. They hunger for his word. They, they want to know more and more and more. They, they like this can't get enough of God. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. And this lifeline of peace, we talked about it last week, and it's a lifeline of peace. It, it's, it's one of the things that the outsider has. And as they live that life of peace, other people say, well, how can you have such peace in your life because you've got so many things going on in your life? But because they have that peace, people recognize it, and it becomes a lifeline to other people. And so um, it's not a peace that the world has. We'll read that in a second here. But it's a different kind of peace. Uh, it's a, this peace is, has, and one of the things I guess I, I didn't really understand before I got, God put me on this was how much power there is in peace. I don't know, do you ever recognize how much power there is in peace? I mean, it's unbelievable, the, the power of peace, of, of a true peace in Christ. It, it, it's so powerful that nothing can move you, nothing can shake you, because your faith, between that faith that has built that peace, it's powerful. That, that whatever's taking place around your life, we know it, it can, you see it, you see it happening, it affects everything and everyone, but you still have a peace within you, and it only comes through Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're talking about. And so as we go into the second half, we're going to look at John, the Apostle John, and he wrote five books in the New Testament. And he has a, he's an older pastor at this time. Well, I don't know exactly what his age was, but maybe 70s, 80s years old. And he wrote this book, the first John. And the first four verses, it's, it's talking about false prophets, false teachers coming into the church. And as this older pastor, he really just, really just bleeds for his people. I mean, he just pours it out because he didn't want his people to follow anything but the Word of God. And so the first four verses is just really talking about that. And he's just hunger for his people to be these outsiders, to, to pay attention to God, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And when these things come into your life, or these things that want to bring fear to your life, they want to destroy your peace, such as we have in our world today, all over the place. It's just one thing after another. And so these things come in, and, and, and John wants his people to know how they can have that peace, and how, how you get that peace, how you can have that peace. And he, he kind of, he lets that, it's just, it's, it's nothing difficult about what he says at all. It's, it, it, it's, it's not his opinion. It's what God has given him. And he's going to explain to his people, listen, I was with Jesus. I, I saw the peace that he had, even going to the cross. I, I saw that. I saw him after he was resurrected. I saw this great peace, and that peace became part of who he was and who he is. And I, he wants his church to have that peace, and he wants to warn them what's trying to destroy your peace. Last week we looked and we threw, I, I know a lot of people like those marbles I threw in there last week, and, that, and we'll probably throw a bunch of them in there today. But those marbles, this over here is world peace, and this over here is God peace. And the marbles, as we explained last week, was everything that you try to put your peace in, whether it's money or, or, or husband, wife, kids, whatever you think makes peace, that's what that is. And you just keep throwing it in there until your peace is so lopsided, you have decided that your peace is, is based upon you and what you desire instead of what God desires for you. And you think, well, if I can just have one more this or one more that, I'll have that peace. Well, Apostle John knew all about peace. So as we get started, it'd be fun to see how many marbles I throw in there today. I know a lot of you went home and you started thinking, boy, I got another marble because that's what I thought my peace would be in. And you kept throwing it out, throwing it out. I heard about throughout the week. Let's pray. Lord, Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, in these end times, as we struggle to even understand what the next day is going to bring with, with wars and rumors of wars and with governments that fail and governments that fall apart, and Lord, it's, it, it's sickness and viruses and all kinds of things that everything is trying to take peace away from the church. Lord, I pray that we learn this peace, that we hold on to it, and no matter what the distraction might be, no matter what the cause might be, that we will not let it 
take that peace because without that peace, there's not much power left in your life. The Lord has asked you to come amongst us today. We invite you again, Father, through the Holy Spirit, in each heart, through each chair, everywhere, Lord, that you just come and, and join us today. And Lord, that you give me words to preach. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. John 16, it says, these things I have spoken, this is what we started last week, these things I have spoken to you that, that in me, everybody say in me, talking about Jesus here, in me you may have what? Everybody say peace. Peace. In the world you will have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So that's where we get our peace. And if you don't have peace through Jesus Christ, first of all, you, you've got to be a born-again Christian, you've got to be saved, Amen. I mean, you can't get it any other way. You, you can have all that peace you want, all that false peace you want. One more drink, one more drug, one more marriage. Whatever you want. Cars. Somebody scream out something to me. Come on. Boat. That's a good one. Guns. That's a good one. Harley. There's another good one. A new Harley. There's another good one. <laughs> Horse, yeah, I've had that, yeah, horse, yeah. Retract boat, you know, it's part of it, right? Yeah, this is all kinds of that things. But our, only, our peace only comes through Christ, and that's what this word truly gives, this word right here in the Bible gives us. Go ahead, it's not turning up here. There we go. Peace is not just a feeling. And everybody, they, they want that, ooh, that cuzzy feeling of peace. Oh, give it to me, give it to me. I break something? No, we're okay. Yeah, maybe all right. Peace is not just a feeling, but a secret superpower once obtained through faith, even in the midst of chaos, it will open your mouths to proclaim the gospel with boldness and confidence. Go ahead and take me on down to, there you go. On down, I'm, I've, done, I've been there, done that one. Back up one, that principle right there before that one. There you go. Be ready. Everybody say, be ready. Ow. I heard Susan, Christ, uh, Susan Blanford back tell me how many times she's fell and this other, and the, everything's trying to steal her peace. Well, be ready, because she says, be careful today, will you, Paul? <laughs> be ready, Susan. That's all I can tell you. Be ready, everybody. To have, to have for peace tomorrow, we must first have peace for today. Everybody agree with that? I mean, if I don't have peace today, how am I going to have peace tomorrow? If you don't have Jesus Christ living within your life, then, then you're just trying to find peace any way you can. Any opinion you can, any thoughts you have, anything, oh, let's have good thoughts. I'm so sick of hearing about it. let's have good thoughts. I don't understand that at all when I hear that. Everybody have good thoughts. What is good thoughts? What are, what are you, oh, good thoughts about the universe. Good vibes, whatever it might be. I, I, I just, I, I, this blows my mind when I hear that. Anybody, they'll go so far to go in some different direction, some false teaching and some false prophet or whatever, it's going so far to, to, to actually try to, have people believe that there's some power in thought. There's some power in thought. And that's the false teaching that we have today. New age, all kinds of things. That, that they want to take the influence or the, the influence of the Bible, the influence of Jesus Christ out of your mind and put it back where thoughts belong. Let's have a moment of silence. Well, good, but what does that mean? Everybody, hey, everybody just shut up for a minute. And that's saying the same thing? How about we have a moment of prayer? Not a moment of silence, our dear government. They just got to say moment of silence and have good thoughts. Well, no wonder the country's in a mess. No wonder it's falling apart. No wonder it's almost completely destroyed because we don't recognize what it was from the very beginning, the beginning of the fathers that brought, made this country. They made it through Jesus Christ and him alone. Now we separate ourselves from God, and it's all about thoughts and silence and our emotions. Well, how, long, how far does emotions and thoughts take you? And John knew all about this because he was having the same kind of issues way back when. So if I've got to have peace for tomorrow, I must have peace for today. In 1 John 1 through 10, we're going to start with the first four verses. I'm going to get a little excited, okay? I'm really wore out and tired, and I'm just going to go up here and just sit on my stool and preach. But that ain't going to happen. I've preached on this several times. I love this first 10 chapters of 1 John. Like I said, John's talking to his church, and you're going to see a lot of we's because he's talking about, he brings this all together. It's not just about John or just about this one person. It's we. He says it over and over again, I think like 19 times in the first 10 verses. That which was from the beginning, and he's saying, hey, listen, 
I was with Jesus Christ in the beginning. I wrote John, the book of John, that says, it talks all about that. In the beginning, was, the word was with God, and the word is God. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which John has heard with his own two ears, he's an eyewitness of what took place. He was there, and that's what he explains to his people, which we have seen with our eyes. Everybody point to your eyes. Yeah. He saw Jesus Christ. He lived amongst him for three years. He wasn't a stranger to him. He was his friend. In fact, the book of John says he's the apostle that Jesus loved. Not that Jesus loved more John more, but it was so engulfed with Jesus that it was all about love. And John's that prophet or that apostle of love, which we have looked upon. Everybody say looked upon. He's emphasizing that we have looked upon and our hands, everybody raise your hands. Hands have handled. In other words, he's hugged, he's shook, he's ate, he's ate dinners with him, he's done all kinds of things. All about his life and his body has been with Jesus Christ. And that's what he's emphasizing. So don't tell me these false teachers come into here or these false whatever come into here and tell me something different than what I already know because I was with Jesus. And I'm your pastor, and that's what John's telling them. I was with him. It says, you start over again, that which was from the beginning, which we, lo- which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Everybody say the word of life. What is the word of life? It's Jesus Christ. The word of life. This Bible is the word of life, and Jesus Christ is the author of this Bible. He is the word of life. In verse 2, it says, the life was manifested. In other words, God came down from spirit, got into body, was manifested, and we have seen, again, he says what? Seen? He's seen, we have seen, and bear witness. Everybody say, bear witness. So this is what you need to understand. When, when, when these things that come into the world and want to change your mindset, they want to change your thought pattern against God and take you away from the real truth, is we can always go back to an eyewitness that was there and say, either I believe this or I don't believe it, and I'm going to believe this man. I'm going to believe I'm going to believe the book of Revelation that he wrote, amen? I'm going to believe the end times that he wrote. The same man that this preaching here is the same man that, that wrote the book of Revelation and gave us all what's taking place right now in our world. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness. Everybody say, bear witness again. Bear witness. And declare, everybody say declare, to you that eternal life. Everybody say eternal life. Many not just talking about the life today. He's talking about eternal life. That's the life I'm to want. That's the life I'm living for. Mike passed on one week ago from today. He went into eternal life. Amen? A whole lot better life than I got now. He lived with peace here on earth, but boy, the peace that he's got now, my goodness. Eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to what? Everybody say us. It's still being manifested through you to the Word of God and through preachers and through churches. That's how it's being manifested today. You have to either believe it or not believe it. And when you choose not to believe it, then you're moving in an area that is moving away from God. And the more you step away from God, the more you try to find your peace in anything else but God. And you say, well, it worked for today, but it's not working tomorrow. Or what happened today? I thought I had it. It's a mess. Give me something else. Give me something else. I'll find peace through some other way. You won't. And what I want to show you is the false teaching, the false things that are taking place today, the lies. Just lies about all kinds of things. I mean, my goodness, since the internet has gone wild in my lifetime, in my lifetime, and you know, way back in the day, we just had to rely on the Word of God and what, what the history books read, and that was pretty much it. Now you've got opinions by anybody and everybody, and every one of them is true, ain't it? You know, it comes down to it, whether it's COVID or whether it's what, you don't know what to believe. You don't know whether to believe the mask are no good or not good. I, I mean, I got my opinion, what I want to believe. But there's so many different things. There's so many doctors and scientists and this and that and false this and false that. And you just simply don't know what to believe. You know what I say? Trust God. Amen. Trust God. 
I mean, we've got the back of the fort. We've got back to where, where you can't believe anything anybody says, no matter what it is. And then you just choose what you want to believe. But I'll tell you what, we just keep trusting God, and I'll put my faith in the Word of God, and that's where I want to believe. I'm going to go back to the way it used to be. I'm just going to trust God. Amen? I have much faith in man. They seem to always let you down. About time one scientist gives you, well, I like what he says, and the next scientist says, well, I don't really like what he's turned that one off. I'm just going to keep trusting God. And that's exactly, in John's day, it was a little different, but it's the same situation. In verse 3, that which we have seen and heard and declare to you that you also may have fellowship. Everybody say fellowship with us. Now, he's talking about that, that church. He's the pastor of that church. He wants everybody to have fellowship with us. You know, that right there says you ought to go to church. Because if you want to have fellowship with God, if you want to have this relationship with God, you need fellowship with us. Amen? You need to be here. You need to be here. You need to listen to what the true truth is. I hear all the time, well, I'm glad that you preach hard truth because I go to this church over here and they, and they don't preach real hard. So they kind of treat, preach fluffy stuff. Well, what? don't go there. Don't go there. Thank you, John. Don't go there. Stay where God's, pre- where God's preaching, where God's at. I like having fellowship with people. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. Because, see, when we come together in this fellowship time and we love the Holy Spirit, we're living, we're living the outsider's life. I mean, we want peace. We're, we're giving out peace. We're giving out all these different lifelines that we've talked about over the weeks. And that's what we need. I need it from you. You need it from me. We say that all the time. But also, may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 4, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Amen? Have you ever noticed you can't have joy without peace? I mean, how do you have joy without peace? You can't. It, it takes peace to have joy. It takes peace to have joy. Paul is emphasizing to his church, I mean, not Paul, but John, it's emphasizing to his church so you may be full of joy. Each one of you has got something going through your head right now, and that's why I'm throwing them in there. Wow. Don't you love the Word of God? Man, when you get into the Word of God and you start digging in, maybe it's just you and Him, you and the Holy Spirit at some point in the day or some point in the week or whatever, you just get so... You just get so excited because of what he's teaching you, just one-on-one. You know, some of the most, well, absolutely the most beautiful times I have is that one-on-one time with God. Well, I don't even know where I'm going to go or what I'm going to do or what God's taking me in. And all of a sudden, you're there, you learn things, and you say, oh, my goodness, I never saw the Word of God that way before. And it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful relationship that God wants with you. And if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you should have that peace that he wants you to have. Because the peace comes through the relationship. It's the only way. In verse 5, Paul, uh, John's going to take a different direction a little bit. And he says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. So he's going to get a little more, uh, a little more harder with it. He says, listen, this is the message. This is the message that I have heard because I have been with him. I've seen him. I've touched him. I'm an eyewitness to it. And I want to tell you, it is what I know to be because I was with Jesus himself. Not these false teachers, not this false president or false congress or false government. None of that stuff. Because I was with him. And I can tell you, and I can declare to you who he really was and who he really is. This is the message we have heard from him. Everybody say, from him. He emphasizes this and declare to you that God is what? Say it. That God is what? This is, this is not difficult at all. And Paul's going very to the simple things just to bring his church back to where he wants them. To not pay attention to the world. To not pay attention to the new doctrine of the world. That you have to live in fear. Because, see, that's what false teachers and 
falseness. That's what they always bring in is fear, which we know what fear is. We see it everywhere because fear controls. If they can say it enough, people will start believing it even when it's not true. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Let me back up to message five again. This message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is what? No, everybody say no darkness at all. How much darkness is in God? How much sin is in God? How many lies are in God? How much of this is not true? It's all true. Every single word. And see, that's the issue today. False they, people and the false talkers, they come in and they want to take out certain things or change it or whatever they want to do because they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to live by the truth. They don't want to see the truth. But you, living testimonies, each one of you that are this outsider that are trying to be the lifeline to people, you are the truth, and they can't deny it through your life. Amen? They can call you brainwashed. They can call you all kinds of things, but they can't deny what Jesus Christ is doing through your life. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Everybody say, we lie. Now, let's just tear this down just a little bit. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in, well, I don't think God really meant it that way. I think he has a, what do they do when you got bad grades and you want to pull it down a little bit so you can have a good grade? Scale or the curve. I think God's word is more on a scale. Yeah, scale, where you just follow the things that make you feel good. Oh, boy, I'm getting peace already. I don't have to follow what Romans says. Oh, boy. Some of that Old Testament stuff, those Ten Commandments, let's just take them out of everything. Boy, what a mess this world's in. You know why it's in a mess? Because there's no peace. Those men and women that came over on the Mayflower were all Christians. Before the first winter was through, most of the women were dead. Children were dead. But they didn't go back. Even when the Mayflower was turning around and go back, they said, no, we'll stay here. Because they had a peace that was far more far more than what the people in the world had. Their peace was in God. And the distractions it took them to get here, to start this country, were amazing distractions. And every time something came up, they would just had more peace. They found another direction to go. Amen? They didn't stop. They kept going. The original pastor didn't even get to come with them. He had to stay behind. They kept going because they had a peace that wouldn't let them stop. King George wasn't their peace. A better boat than Mayflower wasn't their peace, and the Mayflower was no pretty boat. They just went. Amen? And they started the greatest country in the world, the greatest nation the world's ever seen. And ever since then, we've tried to destroy it with different kinds of peace different kinds of life, life with anything but God. We walk in darkness. So that means I can't do what I want to do. I have to do what God says, or I'm not in God's favor, I'm not in God's will, I'm not, I'm not in God's light, because I'm walking in darkness. So that means I have to understand the Word of God I've got to know this, and it may take me some time, but if I know this and I start to live by this, and I'm not going to walk in the world's darkness. And that peace that that, that funny man up there was talking about, it, it's starting to take over my life. I don't just feel different. I am different. Because the power of peace is coming within you. Peace is such a word that I think we have taken too lightly in the church. Because darkness 
so quickly steals your peace. It can just pull it away from you so quickly. From now on, when you hear that word, let's take a moment of silence. Would you be so brave to say, speak up and be bold and say, let's take a minute of prayer because silence never did anybody any good. When I want the kids to be quiet, I tell them to be silent. Or if I tell Vicky to be that. I don't say that when it's time for prayer. I say, Let, let's, let's take a moment of prayer. And I want you to understand something. Every time you hear something like it's it's the darkness trying to just come in and steal something from you. It's lying to you. It, it's doing its best and it's to come in and steal the real truth. And if you'll notice, if you'll just notice the news, whatever it is, you'll notice it's always silence and thoughts. But back not too long ago, it was prayer. Amen? It was prayer. I told something a long time ago, and I just brought it to my mind. I'm going to say it again. You know, I, I love Abbott and Costello, and I know young, young people say, who's Abbott and Costello? Well, I grew up with Abbott and Costello, and they were fun, weren't they? I mean, they were just silly slap, you know, like come like three stooges a little bit, but they were fun. And I remember back then, and I, I remember years ago, I preached on something using them, them two guys. I just, I just always enjoyed them. And when Abbott and Costello were on, man, the kids were around the black and white TV with no remote. And we were, like, glued to it. And when Abbott and Costello made, met Frankenstein, oh, my goodness. Man, that was the best ever. And Dracula and all that, you know. Well, you know, back in that day, the church was still powerful. And people believe, even Hollywood. They were still dark, but they, were, they, they had enough sense to know that they had to stay close to the church because everybody was going to church. And so they would bring out the little, little chubby guy, Costello, and he'd have that cross. Remember the cross? Bill, you remember the cross? Because Dracula was doing this, you know. Well, that's Frankenstein. What Dracula do? I don't know. He was doing the same thing, I think. Different cat, different outfit. And so, you know, and that little chubby guy would hold up that cross. And he'd, oh! He'd back away. That was the power of the cross. Amen? Now we don't do that anymore. Now they just take them, shoot them. But that was the power of the cross. And that wasn't too long ago, people. We've gone from silliness like that, although it showed that power. Like we've gone from that, you can't even mention prayer or thought. It was replaced by thoughts or whatever. We've fallen so far. And as we fall, the peace of the nation is lost because of the great tribulation without Jesus Christ in people's life. And that's what's taking place. That's why you see the confusion. That's why you see the school. Everything is a mess. It's because there's no God anymore within that life. Because it's walking in darkness. In him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Everybody say practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, everybody say, but if we walk in the light. And you got to remember, this is John, the pastor, preaching to his people. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. There, fellowship, everybody say fellowship with one another. You know why? You know why the church is fourth full, half full, dying everywhere? They're closing down quicker than I don't know what. It's because there's not, God's not invited there anymore. They've let too much of the world come in. But it says here, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Because see, as we have this peace in our life and God is our life and God is this church, no matter what it is, he, the Holy Spirit has the power in this church, he is everything in this church, then we have fellowship with one another, which means you come to church to have fellowship with one another, amen? You can't have fellowship with one another outside of the church, can you? But boy, oh boy, I'll just give me a reason. I won't go to church today. Oh, let me see. I got peace. I got to go. I got to go to the drag strip. Oh, <coughs> What happened to fellowship with one another? 
What happened to understanding what that really means? Do you understand how the darkness has came in, even to the church, powerfully and stealing the peace of the church? Because we rely on many other things but Jesus Christ and him alone to bring peace. I quit watching the news and TV a long time ago. I mean, Vicky just streamed things from time to time. Because I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand the darkness of it anymore. I used to be able to watch Johnny Carson. Anybody remember the little young people? Who's Johnny Carson? Oh, I'm sorry you guys missed it. You know, back then you could watch stuff and it was just kind of funny. And, you know, it was just funny. But now nothing's funny anymore. It's all dark. It's just dark. Anything but God. Anything but God. And the church people, well, they're dying out. Don't worry about them. I'm telling you, if you'll get the peace in your life and be the lifeline of peace, it'll all turn around. It turns around in your life and your family life. Well, that's good enough. Amen? You got to start. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, everybody say it in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. Everybody say all sin. How many sins? All sins. You say, well, the church, it don't look too good sometimes. Well, you know, you're probably right. But those are the ones that are living in Jesus Christ, that are born again by Jesus Christ. My goodness, we're trying. Amen? We're trying. Yeah, don't, don't put any of us on a pedestal because you'll just knock us off with one little finger. The difference is, the difference is we have the Holy Spirit living within us, and I know when I sin, and the world doesn't know when they sin. They don't even care when they sin. They could care less. They don't even know that the darkness is creeping in to destroy their life, to destroy every peace that God wants to give them. They don't even recognize that. They just keep trying to find peace in anything but God. I said, where's your Bible? Anybody got any Bibles? You ever open up your Bible? Go look at some of your friends' Bibles. It's a... You read a lot of different books, but you open up the Bible because that's where your peace is found. Amen? It's not found in books. Ugh, give me some. Not found in movies. Not found in the history book, history lesson. Not found in the pickers. You know them guys that go out and find that stuff? Yeah. Not found in that. It's not found in the voice. Not found in the new Marvel movie. More people spend more time looking at advertisements than they will the book of Bob, God's book. It's a shame. And I give you this this morning because we're looking closer and closer at the end times, and if you can't have peace in the end times, you will fail. Amen? And if you don't have Jesus Christ here at the end times, you're going to definitely fail. I hear so many people say, well, well, when that mark of the beast comes, I just won't take it. Yeah. First time you can't go to the movie, I gotta go. I, okay, I won't take it today. Oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I'm getting sick. I can't take the marker beast, but I can't do anything if I don't have it. I'll just take it. God understands. Do you not think it's coming? Do you not see it being set up? And see, they're just not, they just don't throw it all at one time. It just, one little step at a time, one little lie at a time, one little darkness at a time. They'll even not even know it's darkness. They will just give it to him. The darkness. It's like these lights when you dim them down. It just doesn't dim down at all one time. It takes its time and just takes the light out a little at a time. Until it's so dark. You know, you can throw a frog in a bowl and bowling ball in, in a pan of water and just turn the heat on a little bit. He'd just stand there and play like it's a hot tub. And a little longer, you just crank it on up and he, oh yeah. And pretty soon you're eating frog legs. 
That's the way darkness is. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, he said, well, who would say that? Oh, do you not know the world you live in? This was written almost 2,000 years ago, and they say it then, or he wouldn't have wrote it down. John wouldn't have wrote it. We got people saying that they don't have sin 2,000 years ago. What do you think has changed? We really don't have sin now because, see, if you do away with the Word of God, which is the only truth about sin, then you don't have any sin. Do you understand that? This is the only absolute truth. That's why you got to do away with it because if you do away with it, well, there's no sin. Everybody just do what you think, and what you think is good. That's why the book of the Bible, the Holy Bible, is so drastically being torn away from all society. Have you noticed the Koran is lifting itself up? Why do you think that is? We know that's not the word of God. Because they'll give you anything except this. Because this is what sets you free. This is what gives you peace. Anything but this, what they want you to have. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Everybody say deceive ourselves. That's that delusion. How many of you recognize that Satan's really going out overtime? I mean, he's in overtime. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Everybody's saying the truth is not in us. wilderness way the first word is the truth and that's the most powerful word is truth it's got to be within you that's where the peace comes from is from the truth of god in verse 9 it says if we confess everybody say confess man that is ha ah! he's talking to his church here he's not talking to to the wilderness or somebody out in the world he's talking to his church if we confess our sins and that confess is a verbal confess our sins. In other words, first of all, we've got to recognize that the darkness has infiltrated our lives in some capacity. And I don't want it. I don't want it in my life. It's taken me away from God. That little step of darkness takes me away from God, and I don't want it because I want to be the lifeline of peace for people. The first thing I have to do is recognize it what's drawing me away from God. So I can just ask that question, that apical question to everybody. What's drawing you away from your peace? What is the main factor that's drawing you away from peace? Now, first of all, you've got to have Jesus Christ in your life. And if you have Jesus Christ in your life, you've got no peace. You have tribulation. That's what the Word of God says. So what is drawing you away from your peace? And you have to... Set down and kneel on your knees. Whatever you want to do, you have to work that out with God. That's a one-on-one -on -one thing. Amen. You can come to me and I'm just going to hit you. Well, watch stealing your peace because you should have peace. It says, if we confess our sins. So that, that little two-letter word we, we talked about a long time ago, if, everybody say if. So that's something we must do. Amen. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful. And that he is a capital H, which means deity, means God. He is faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from the unrighteousness. God knows when you're doing. He knows when you're sinning. He knows what you're thinking. He knows he's God. His word and himself and his angels are doing everything they can to save, this, save you. They're doing everything possible to make sure you have peace to make it through today and have it tomorrow. He laid out his life on a cross and gave up his life that you could have peace through him. Amen? And he came out of that grave to say, you definitely can have peace through me. That's what he did for you.
says, and cleanses from all unrighteousness. Everybody say all unrighteousness. That's all that darkness. That's all that junk. That's all those things you think you've got to have. He cleanses from it. If we say that we have not sinned, and this is the world today, and you say, well, I don't hear people say they haven't sinned. It's because they don't even believe in sin. They don't even believe in sin. I mean, you got, you got pride this, you got pride that, you got pride over that, you got pride everything. What is pride? It's sin. Because you have put yourself above God. So it's sin. But the whole world says, well, just be proud of yourself. Well, there's things you can be prideful about. I understand that. That won't, that's not sin. I'm talking about these things that, that you want to build yourself up so much that not even God can change you. In 1912, they had a ship called the Titanic. You guys remember that one? I love that sermon, too, I preach. Yeah. What was the big saying about that ship back in that day? Not even God himself can sink this ship. A few hours later, that ship was laying on the bottom of the sea. Where did that pride get him? Boy, we ought to watch what we say about God, shouldn't we? He said, well, that was just a coincidence. You believe so, huh? Well, you go ahead and live that life because, see, you're living that life in the darkness where you think there's coincidence here. Coincidence. I don't believe in any coincidence. I believe God's got control of everything. I know he's allowed Satan to control things here on earth. And I believe he's trying to work out all these things within our life using dark, well, using, using whatever he has to use to work this out in our life, whether Susan's fallen or whether somebody else is dying or whether somebody else is sick. He's trying to work all this stuff out that you can have the peace that he wants you to have, that that peace will be the lifeline for the world because, see, the church, you're going to have to go through things to find that peace and make sure you believe that peace and make sure your faith is engulfed in that peace and make sure you can live it for other people, amen? But if you've got to live it for yourself, if everything's about you, you're never going to live it for anybody else. You want to know the biggest problem with the church today? Is everybody's living for themselves. We're supposed to be living for God, and if we live for God, then we love everybody. I'm going to give you something to give you a little hint of something I'm trying to get accomplished right now. It's all these Afghans living over here about two miles from here. I'm working with different people right now trying to get us in there. Are you ready? I don't care we can't speak the language. God will take care of that. Trying to get Bibles right now that we can take over there. I'd love to take Kelly and some of this music. We said they won't understand it. Well, buddy, they're going to understand it once God gives it to them. Amen? Do you not believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, I don't know. It's 5,000 people over here, 2,500 right now. Most of them Muslims. I don't want Muslims in this country. I want Christians in this country. Amen? And we're right here. We're right here on the front lines. It's exactly where we should be going. It's exactly what we should be doing. Amen? If us, who will? It's us. We're called to do it. It's not, it's not a coincidence. I'll give you more information as I get it, but we're working on it. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And his word is not in us. So if we're living in darkness, we're being pulled away from the peace that God wants us to have. And if you claim that you don't sin, and you don't sin at all, and the Bible's just a bunch of hogwash or this, that, and the other, then you don't know God at all. Your opinions do not matter. Ooh. Your thoughts do not matter. The only thing that matters is what the Word of God says. Amen? You say, preacher, you're just too hard on that stuff. Yeah, I know. I'd rather you get it the hard way than the soft way because the soft way, man, they take you straight to hell. I want you to get the full truth of it. Softness never got anybody anywhere. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. The Lord Jesus Christ, and his word is not in us, and he's talking to the false teachers coming in within his church, trying to infiltrate his church, just as we have it today in many different areas. The takeaway. This is from last week and this week. Find the superpower. I say superpower. And I didn't know how much superpower that peace was, but find the superpower of peace today. And it's through Jesus Christ and him alone. 
so that you may be the lifeline for another tomorrow. Amen? I'm going to tell you what. People look at Christians in all kinds of ways, but if you don't have peace, they're going to say, why should I be what they're doing? Because he doesn't have any peace. She doesn't have any peace. And really what people want more than anything on this earth is peace. They want peace. They want peace to know that if something happens through the loved ones or they get sick or whatever, that God's there with them and they, they know God's there with them. They want that peace to know it. That's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing that Christians need to know. You have the peace of Jesus Christ in you. Live it. Amen? Kelly, come on up, please. Find the superpower of peace today so that you may be the lifeline for another tomorrow. Let's stand. Pray. Lord, Father, thank you for this message, Father, for the two parts of this message. Lord, we live in a very strange world. It seems that darkness is everywhere because it is. It infiltrates our children from these little simple little cartoons that teaches children how to disrespect their parents. That's what a lot of those things do, and that is just sin. And it's everywhere. It infiltrates us, the schools, the movies, you name it, it just infiltrates us. Books from one life to the next. Lord, I would pray that your church would stand bold in truth and the peace that you have allowed us to have. I pray for this nation, for Afghanistan and all the Christians that are left behind, whether Americans or Afghanistan, they're Christians. I pray for these ones just a few miles away. Lord, we may not be able to speak the language, but there's one language I know what everybody knows, and it's a big smile upon our face. It's laughter. It's a hug. It's showing the love and the peace of Christ to people that are scared, scared, scared. I heard, heard where they're wanting prayer rugs. Lord, I don't want to give them prayer rugs. I want to give them the Word of God. Lord, I ask you just to lay down this church's heart, these people in this church and some of the other churches around here as we search on how to, to infiltrate, to just go in and just show them a smile and love and whatever it might be, whatever you allow us to have, whatever resources we need, Lord, that you just provide. Lord, I know there's people already trying to find Bibles for us in their language. I've been getting messages throughout the week saying, we're looking for the Bibles, we're trying to find it. We'll get them to you as soon as we can. Lord, I just ask you to be with those other pastors, other people looking for the Bibles that they can bring to the crossing here, that we can come together as a church, a family of God, and go reach people that are thousands, lived thousands of miles away just a few days ago. But here they are. They don't know what peace is. They've not lived in peace. But Lord, maybe this small little remnant, maybe by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can show them something so powerful so much more than Allah. We can show them the true living God. Lord, through our love and through our peace is how it's done. But if the church can't have peace, they can't show it. So I ask you to be with these today that have walked away in some way, sacrificed their peace for something that will never give them peace. Bring them to the heart. Bring their hearts to pray to you. We can honor you and glorify you. Lord, whatever you may do in the next few weeks with these people over here, these beautiful people that you love as much as you love us, that we can show them the love and the peace of God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Standing on this mountain top Looking just how far we've come Knowing that you need peace today, come on. If you want to get ready to help these people over here, come on. Get up here and start praying. Get your heart ready. Get your mind ready. Get your love ready.
The opportunity that God's allowing us to have is a miracle. Missionaries spend countless hours and money and all kinds of things to go reach the lost in other countries. Risk their lives. They don't worry about anything. They just go do it. Well, God brought them here. He brought them here. So I want you to be a mission-minded church for a while. What happens if we can save a few thousand people over here, take them out of that darkness of Muslim, the Koran, give them the true truth? That changes their lives forever. It changes their family lives forever. Everything starts to change. Yeah, you know, I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> we can set in these walls all you want to, but you're going to sit alone because I'm gone. I'm going over here and I'm going to, we're going to do something. Funny what a hamburger might do. Even more powerful what a Bible might do. Kelly, I think you better get your outdoor equipment fired up. We're going to try to get it over there. Everybody all right with that? Good. Good. I hope you enjoyed this morning. I hope you enjoyed the lifeline of peace the last two weeks. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you don't have peace. And you're looking for it in all the wrong places. If you're in and out of the church, you're struggling with peace. You need to be solid with God. Solid with God. As the days wind down, you need to be solid with God. Your neighbors need it, your family needs it. Will somebody close up there for me?